Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Way Up Sports Talk. Today is Sunday, November 13th, and here we are in November. Chaos has already started in college football. We're going to break down all the major upsets last night. What does that mean for the playoffs? What does that mean for your team in general? <clears throat> of course, we're going to talk about the Auburn Tigers choking away, choking any chance they had at anything the rest of the season. But there is still one game left for them, and that's the, the Iron Bowl at the end of the season. And, man, it doesn't look pretty right now. But, again, you never know about what's going to happen in football until you play the game. We will touch on some NFL stuff today right now. Falcon Falls, Panthers choked a 17 nothing lead. Just a lot of – it's a nice tonight to, for everybody to listen to us gripe and complain about what's going on in college football. Hopefully you can weigh in as well. Six four six seven one six five five six four is the call in number. Um, I just want everybody to know. I've been told I don't give the call in number a lot, but if you but if you uh, pay attention and open the link, you can see it. So anyway, sorry about that. I just lost connection just for a second. Jonathan, hope your weekend's good. Your Florida State Seminoles took care of business. I believe it was Friday night. But what in the world happened? Yesterday in college football. Was that what we've been talking about, about November being kind of scary for people? Because how can you feel confident with a team right now ranked that you're going to make it past the next week after you saw what happened yesterday? Alabama's the only team that showed up to play in the top five. Hey, <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. I mean, uh, I'm just going to do a quick rundown here. Uh, Alabama – all he had to do was just run the football 40 times and get out of Dodge, and they would have beat Mississippi State. But they decided that they needed to flop Jalen Hurts, uh, fluff Jalen Hurts' Heisman numbers. That's why he threw the ball a bunch. So mm-hmm. that's good sportsmanship, uh, Kiffin. Uh, no wonder people don't like you. Uh, Clemson, how does it feel to not have the refs on your side this week, guys? And you know what? I only hear about it. Y'all got some. Y'all got calls going your way in the first half. And then the second half, the refs were like, we might need to balance this out a little bit. Deshaun Watson doesn't throw three picks. You guys win. But you guys threw, but Deshaun Watson threw three interceptions because he's staring people down. He's so he throwing, threw it 70 he's times. He threw it 70 times, Jonathan. Yeah, I mean, you have Wayne Goldman, who is uh, easily one of the top, let's say, 20 running backs in the country. I mean, you know, he's you know, you had two of the top five running backs in the ECC last night or, you know, afternoon with Gallman and Connor. Pittsburgh found a way to use Connor all the time. Y'all didn't use Gallman enough. Oh, and by the way, did anybody else pick up that uh, Pittsburgh wasn't was throwing to the tight ends or running backs most, most of the game? They weren't throwing to the receivers a whole lot. I want to say at halftime, the receivers had zero receptions and like two or three targets. Uh, so, hey, there's And here's there's the thing, Jonathan. Different. Out of all those upsets yesterday, none of the teams are ranked. So, Iowa, nowhere to be found. Pittsburgh, nowhere to be found. USC's the only one that got unranked to 15. And uh, Michigan drops two places and Clemson two places. I mean, mm-hmm. I get I get it sometimes. But how do you lose the unranked teams when you're three touchdown favorites and drop two places? What have we come to in college football to where – there's only about six teams that's worth a piss 
that we even discuss now because of that. You can't even drop Michigan below anybody because it's just like a, a get-out-of-jail-free card. You should not be able to lose in November and make the playoff. I'm sorry. You shouldn't. Auburn, you suck. Uh, Alabama, if you lose to Auburn, you suck, and you're not going to the playoff. That's how it should be. You can't lose in November, Jonathan, and expect to unranked opponents and expect to be a playoff contender. That's what's aggravating me right now. I like it better with the BCS. You got two teams and that's it. Screw these playoffs. You get two teams in and that's all you get. That's what it's well, I, I mean, I don't mind the playoff. I'd actually rather have a bigger playoff. Give me eight or sixteen teams to be frank. Um yeah, I, I mean, we got so. 40 bowls. Why not make some of them, you know, count for a little more than something else? You know what I'm saying? Um, but if you look at it, it's like, okay, Michigan lost. Yeah, it, it's funny. I circled that Iowa game at the beginning of the year. Why? Because you knew it was going to be a night game. And Iowa at night is a wacky place. You know what that kick reminded me of? 2008 when Penn State rolled in there undefeated. And Iowa was like, no, no, we're going to rip your hearts out too. Iowa's weird. They played a great game against Michigan. Slow it down. Yeah. And granted, the, the, the refs weren't prone to calling pass interference. That was something I did notice. There was Desmond King, I think, is a very good cornerback for Iowa. But there were a couple of plays where he just beat the hell out of Garbo like it was like it was a UFC fight and they didn't call nothing. Um, but at the end of the day, Iowa slowed it down, played physical with them, and they won. I mean, yeah, that, that, that's what happened. It was a, it was honestly, it was, it was a decent game to watch. Um, it was, USC it was actually the just, better. It was a great game to watch, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, re, I actually enjoyed it. I mean, you look at the USC Washington game. USC's defense. I, I, USC's offense did enough to win. That's fine. I mean, what wound up happening was uh, De Arnold was able to scramble enough and find guys when he was moving. Jake Browning couldn't do that. When Browning was running for his life, he couldn't make the throws. Not every quarterback can make throws on the run. I'm not going to judge a quarterback whether he's good or bad on that. You know, I mean, Brett Favre was good at it. Some guy, Tom Brady, I don't, he can't really run. You know, Peyton Manning couldn't really run. So, you know, there's differences there. DeArnold was able to do it. Uh, USC's defense, hats off to them. They played great last night. Uh, they threw everything they could at Washington. They knew if you bracketed uh, John Ross – that he was going to have to look elsewhere, and really Ross is their best weapon, and he can separate. That's what happened. My, they got away from Miles Gaskin, which was dumb. It was bad play calling. Well, it's called pressure. And it's playing with a target on your, on your back instead of playing as a hunter, and it's happened every year. Every year we can sit here and talk about it. Here's all of a sudden this Washington team. Okay, first playoff ranking, they feel left out. They're pissed off. Okay, now we're four. What do we do? Oh, my God, what happens if we lose? We keep hearing by the media, if we lose, we're out of it. We've got to go undefeated. The pressure mounts and mounts and mounts. And I think Michigan, I think they realized they could lose and it didn't matter because if they beat Ohio State and win the Big Ten, I just think, I swear, they, these teams treated as a bye week. Clemson knew that they could lose that game. They had a game to play with. They had a mulligan. And Louisville's right. ranked ahead of them right now in the AP and coaches poll. But are you telling me, Jonathan, that Clemson wins out, wins the ACC, that you're going to put Louisville in over a conference champion Clemson? It's not going to happen, people. So why are you even talking about it? I agree. I mean, I saw people saying this could be like the Big 12 in 2014 with Baylor and TCU. 
And I said, well, no. The Big 12's problem that year was they announced co-champions, even though Baylor was the conference champion by tiebreaker. Um, the ACC has a tiebreaker in place. Clemson wins out or wins their next ACC game. Um, they're going to the, uh, the ACC championship where they're going to play either Virginia Tech or North Carolina, who both lost this week, by the way. Way to beat ACC. Um, and you win that game, you're in. That that's that. I mean, well, and Louisville well, at this point Louisville is hoping Washington loses in, another game. If Clemson, if Clemson got to the ACC championship and lost it, and Louisville was eleven and one, I think Louisville would go over Clemson in that scenario. I do. I agree. One loss against two. I, I think win loss yeah. record is going to matter a lot right now. Here, here's the thing, and here's what I'm going to stress to everybody, and I, I you could see it in how my poll reflected this week. I went back to my old method of win loss. Um, because after everything that happened, I'm sitting there going, I don't know who anybody is anymore. And that's just, I sat there last night, and I'm looking at all these teams, and I'm like, how do I separate these guys? I'm like, should I rank USC higher? I'm like, probably. You know, that was the one team I struggled with. I'm like, you know, you look at some of these team schedules, okay? USC is one of them. Tennessee is one of them. Uh, where they play what I would consider a quality opponent. And those are the guys in my top 29 right now, which obviously is going to be very fluid because Baylor's there. Baylor just lost their quarterback. Texas A&M lost their quarterback. You know, so the, the, the quality win things are going to shift around a little bit. And net-net, let me just get to the point here. Um, I looked at it, and I'm like, USC's 2-3 and three against what I would consider top 30 teams. They have three losses. I mean, we knew USC was going to have a rough year. Stanford's 1-3. and three. They have three losses against top 30 teams. You know, I mean, a lot of these teams, their loss is coming to a team that is actually pretty darn decent, too. So people say Stanford's trash, but Stanford's winning. And granted, they they lost three big games, but they're, they're still winning. I mean, you know. Well, it, Auburn well, screwed up, Jonathan, because they, they finally got that bad loss on their resume before they were clinging to Clemson that, and A&M being so good that they lost to Georgia, a bad, bad football team, and now they're paying for it. Why do these other teams not pay for it, losing the bad, bad football teams? I mean, I was bad. They got up to that game. Pittsburgh's terrible. I mean, they got up to that game. I just don't get why, what the problem is. And I think your argument's right for more teams. I think this shows me, besides Alabama, there's really no consistent team out there, in my opinion. So that means let's open it up a little bit about, what do you, what do you think, eight or ten teams? or even more. I think 16 would be too much. It would dilute the regular season. But I want to see some more because Alabama just hasn't played a dynamic quarterback yet, I think, with a, a full, complete team. Would you agree with that? I just, I think Ohio State would give Alabama fits. I think some teams would. But, I mean, nobody's that good right now in college football except Alabama. That's the only team I see that's worth a damn. And besides Ohio State. It's it's well. I'm not even really willing uh, willing to say Ohio State's that good of a team. I mean, let's not forget this is a team that couldn't throw in Indiana. They lost to Penn State, uh, and they struggled with Northwestern. I mean, Ohio State has warts. Um, Alabama's passed the eye test, but when you look at their schedule, how many you know how many tough games have they played? You know, A and M, Tennessee, and LSU. I mean, so they're going to end the year with Auburn. So four, you know, some of these teams have played more than that. I think Alabama's beating the brakes off of people. They're like, oh, they look good. And they're like, well, wait a minute. 
they smoked UFC with backup quarterback essentially now. You smoked Kentucky. You smoked Mississippi State. You were down to Ole Miss. You beat LSU 10 nothing. You know, it's like Alabama has warts. I think their schedule is just a tad easier than people are expecting. If anybody took a big yeah. hit yesterday, it's the SEC. Because the SEC, it's everybody it. but Bama has at least three losses. They did. And, and I, I don't understand. LSU has one less win than Auburn, the same amount of losses. They're both two losses in conference. The difference is Auburn is sitting in second place in the SEC because they have the tiebreaker over LSU. So that's a problem I have with the polls. LSU got shut out against Alabama last week at home. You don't even score. Yeah, we lose to Georgia and everything, but we beat you, LSU. We beat the same team on the field. I have a problem with that. And I never had a problem with A&M being ahead of Auburn because of that, that either, you know, because of that win that they had over us. And I just think LSU is a little bit too much slot right now. Yeah. It's broken. I think they the slide, committee you slide up I'm and down depending on wins and losses. It's all about yeah, last week. I'm interested to see what the committee does tomorrow night. I think they're going to have Alabama one. I think Ohio State's going to be two. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Clemson's going to be three. And I think Michigan's going to be four. I, I don't see the committee putting Wisconsin with two losses up in the top four. I don't see Louisville being in the top four. I don't see Washington being in the top four. Would you agree that the top four could really stay the same with the exception of Washington? I mean, Ohio State comes in, but I don't think they're going to make any moves. I don't think they're going to ding these teams right now. Yeah, I mean, I have Alabama 1, Ohio State 2, Clemson 3, Michigan 4. And people want to say Michigan's had a soft schedule and, you know, this is the first time since the Rutgers game they left the state of Michigan. No, well, you know, scheduling works out that way. It's funny. Deal with it. Um, Michigan has had a tougher schedule than Louisville this year. Michigan has wins over Wisconsin, Penn State, and Colorado, who after everything that just happened, that could be three top ten teams. Think about that. You know, we talk about Michigan's soft schedule, and they have three top ten wins. That's not soft. Mm-hmm. I mean, two double digits, and if their kicker hadn't taken the, 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 uh, the day off, three double digit wins. So Michigan's a good team. They just ran into the wrong opponent last night. Pittsburgh has beaten Clemson and Penn State. There's your ultimate Jekyll and Hyde team. They're going to show up against their two big opponents, and the rest of the year they're kind of just dealing with it. Their defense is not very good. Nathan Tierman, who Tennessee should remember, probably had the best game of his career yesterday. And it's just Clemson's defense isn't that good. You know, I mean, the ACC refs are still the ACC refs. They're still terrible. I mean, I, I saw that in the Louisville Lake Forest game. And you know what? I think the committee's going to see something that I saw yesterday. And I watched Louisville, and the thought in my head was, they're point-shaving. They're point-shaving. Because Bob Petrino this week talked about how he doesn't, you know, when do you pull Lamar Jackson? Well, I'm not sure. Well, you don't have to pull him if they're losing going into the second half, now, do you? Seriously. Hold on, hold on. Did, they, did they cover? When you say point-shaving, did, uh, did Louisville cover the spread? No, but that I don't uh, – no, they didn't. They didn't cover the spread. They sure as hell didn't cover the first half. And what do you know? Lamar Jackson got to pad his numbers in the fourth quarter. Huh. That's yeah, weird because they were down 12 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was 12. That's what blew me away. I flipped it over. It was 12 to 10, and all of a sudden it's 44 to 12. And 
and you may be right on something. And so some of these players can take a dive, man. I mean, I saw the Auburn line go from ten and a half to eight uh, right before kickoff. It dropped two and a half points, meaning some major money was put on Georgia. I mean, do you think it happens when kids throw games sometimes? I mean, I know it does. I'm not sitting there asking that, I'm trying to get wisdom, but I know point shaving happens. I know that, hey, we're supposed to beat you by 34, but eh, we'll beat you by 32, you know, keep it close early. Because at any time, you knew Louisville could have, could have hit the accelerator and blew this team away. But you're right, Jonathan. They're point shaving right now. If I'm the committee, I don't even want them near the top four, honestly, just because they're just not that good of a football team. Yeah, it'd be cool to watch them in the playoffs, but but, but I want to get down to the breakdown real quick. Let's start with uh, Auburn and Georgia, Jonathan, the game dear to my heart right now. And tell me, let me ask you this question. Does Gus Malzahn deserve to keep his job at Auburn? Just say they beat Alabama A&M, they lose to Bama, they go on to the outback or something, and they win that, they finish nine and four. Is this a coach that deserves to keep his job after starting one and two? Yeah, I mean, he. Uh, I think he exceeded everybody's expectations, um, especially with the slow start to the year. I think we saw Sean White develop as a quarterback this year. Um, we saw how he was able to develop a running back, fix the, the offensive line, and the defense is still playing magnificently. I, I think Auburn – is, has done a wonderful job this year. I think they've set themselves up for a very good next year. Um, I, I, you know, it, Georgia has always been Auburn's bugaboo. They have. I mean, I, I was talking to my buddy, and I go, pop quiz. In the last decade, <laughs> how many times has Auburn beaten Georgia? And he's like, uh, five times? I go, no, drop that number. He's like, I don't know. It's two. What are the years Auburn beat Georgia? I have no idea. 2010 and 2013, what happened those years? Oh, Auburn played for a national well, title. I, I mean, and they were do tough you games, too. Because he can't beat Georgia. And they were tough games, too. Yes, and I say, here's the deal. Here's here's where I'm talking about my ball and my frustration is. When there's something, look, you, you, you crap the bed against Vanderbilt. You, you got your best player hurt because he shouldn't have been in the last two minutes of the game against Vanderbilt anyway. Uh, okay, I'm going to give you that. You overlooked them. You all, you all, you're looking at Georgia. When you get to Georgia, you got a chance to, to control your own destiny to make the SEC championship game, at least make a New Year's Six Bowl game. Really, what does that mean? Not much. But still, you crap the bed and you get zero first downs. Your play calling is so bad that you can't even get a first down against a Georgia defense that's average, in my opinion. Uh, that's the problem I have. The stage was set. You don't have the judgment to come in and take a quarterback out that's obviously injured or hurt or cold, whatever. You did nothing as a coach to change. And that's Gus Malzahn's biggest gripe with me. He cannot do in-game adjustments, Jonathan. And I've said it, and I'm tired of saying it. He can't develop a quarterback. My John Franklin comment is coming back again is, yes, he's not the best quarterback in the world, but he's better than what we had out there last night because Sean White was injured. You put Jeremy Johnson in. That's why I wouldn't mind seeing Gus Malzahn uh, somewhere else or Auburn try something different. The only negative is it puts us back. If we get a dynamic quarterback, if, if Woody Barrett works out, John Franklin the third works out, 
or if Sean White can stay healthy for a full year, Auburn may be good, but it's lose, it's losses like this that can cost coaches their job because Auburn fans are are fed up with with stuff like this. Okay, now you're good again. Okay, we stop. Okay, it's just a it's just a roller coaster with Auburn, and that's where Alabama doesn't have that problem. They're just uh, win after win after win after win. Well, Auburn's got kind of the same kind of players as Alabama does. Maybe not as many of them, but there's no there's no excuse to lose to Georgia, Jonathan. And if you fire Gus Malzahn, I don't know who you bring in. Who do you bring in? Oof. Mark Bryles? No. No, actually... There, there's a couple coaches I'd look at if I was Auburn, and they're all mid majors right now. Um, yeah, if I was no, Auburn, I'm not taking one of them. well, I mean, oh, I, I would enter. I would. Oh, hold on now. H- hear me out. I would entertain Neil Brown. He's a Kentucky guy. Um, he's at Troy right now. Troy's playing really good. I'd look at Willie Taggart. Yeah. You've seen what he's done at Western Kentucky and USF, and he. He's from he's yeah. from the Tampa area. He can recruit the state of Florida really well. Um, I'd look at Jeff Brom. He's a Louisville guy. He's doing a great job with that offense at Western Kentucky. Kind of the same offense you'd want to run at Auburn. Um, I would look at PJ Fleck at Western Michigan. I mean, he's a, he's obviously been a very good recruiter. Uh, you know, somebody who actually played in the NFL. Um, so you know, I, I I'd give him a peek. Um, I would look at maybe Matt Rule at Temple, but I'm not sure if you want to do the Temple thing again if you're a big-time school right now because of Al Golden. I'd look at Ken, uh, uh, the head coach at Navy. I'd give him a look. Um, you know, I mean, and if and if you want to get outside of that, I mean, we're going to look. Lane Kiffin, Les Miles, Art no, Riles. God, no. God, no. I mean, you know, in Art Riles, that's that nasty story. It just keeps getting ugly. You know, we're in 2012. They're like, hey, this this happened. This needs to be addressed, and it was never addressed. Like, this is people thought the Penn State thing was bad, and it's like, no, 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 no. This is this is actually getting worse than Penn State. Not saying something considering what happened there. Um, yeah, so, uh, I'm just so, tired of losing games. I'm tired of losing games that that are, should have been won. And the coaches for Auburn on the offensive side of the ball did not have their team prepared. If you have a if you have a quarterback that hasn't taken a rep in two weeks, why is he on the field? Especially if he's cold. If he's cold and he's not playing well, why are you leaving on the field? Because you think he's the best option you have. That's that's why you leave him on the field is because he's the best. You think he's the best one you got. Um, I mean, Danielson started calling for John Franklin, and at first I resisted it, and then we got to the point in the second half where it's like, all right, there's like five three and outs in a row now. You got to mix something up. Like bring in Franklin and just run the triple option. Don't let him throw the ball. Just run it. His speed and his ability will create something. He could throw. I mean, they're not giving him the opportunity. You've seen him a couple of games, and I'm hearing in practice, and I know it's practice, that the guy, he's got a cannon. Yes, it's a big game. He fumbles, he's screwed. He can't protect the ball. But if he goes three and out every time, Jonathan, and that, that pick six was 
was the, the backbreaker. I mean, I'm just saying at least put him in for a shot in the arm, not just to turn the game over to him, but just to let Sean White come out and just look around and say, okay, this is what's happening right now. Okay, okay. With the game slowing down a little bit. Georgia played like they wanted that game a lot more than Auburn did, and that concerns mm-hmm. me the most. And you mentioned the five Georgia, the receivers for Auburn, they weren't fighting for the ball. The the offensive line wasn't really pushing. But the Auburn defense, let me take my hat off to them right now and say, guys, this is one of the best defenses I've ever seen at Auburn. Jonathan, they were on the field the entire football game and surrendered two field goals. I mean, what what can you say bad about the Auburn defense right now? Nothing. It's the same thing I've been saying all year, man. This is the best defense in the SEC, one of the best in the country. I don't care about the Alabama buzz. I don't. I mean, just because they score points, don't make them great. Okay? Look, Auburn's defense will be on the field for 40 minutes and not give up 30 points. Like I said, you know, people are like, well, look at the Ole Miss game. Oh, well, you know what? Everybody has an outlier moment. Okay? Look at all the other games. Look at you up to Clemson, 19. Look at you up to AM, 26. Five field goals, by the way. Um, you know, and this is a team. This defense is awesome. I love watching it. I mean, if that defense was in Tallahassee, Florida State would be a championship contender. That's that's the reality of that situation. You know, you put that defense, you switch Alabama and Auburn's defense. Oh God, I mean, they're winning games fifty nothing every week. So, so you think the Iron Bowl? Just say if Auburn somehow gets Sean White healthy and Cam Petway's healthy playing, their defense can keep them in that game, can it? If they can just move some the change with some first down, they can they can stay in that football game. Yeah, I mean we saw in the LSU Alabama game, you know if you if you can contain Hurts, and that's what LSU did for the majority of that game. They contained him. It wasn't until the fourth quarter where he started getting loose, and you could tell the linebackers were just kind of lazy. And I think there was also that point of, well, we're going to lose because this offense can't get past midfield. Um. But if you can contain Hurts, you can win. You can. I mean, come on, guys. They scored 10 points. Did Auburn even crack? I mean, did Alabama even crack 200 yards against LSU? It took one run by Hurts to score the game's only touchdown in which four tackles were met. Linebackers diving at his ankles. So Auburn can keep that game close. This, this, this Iron Bowl is going to look a lot like last year's, whether Alabama wants to admit it or not. This Iron Bowl will look a lot like last year's where it won't be until the fourth quarter where Alabama separates if they separate. And they don't have a grinding back like Derrick Henry. Jalen Hurts has to carry the team with his legs because he can't really do it with his arm. Well, look, look, he threw all over Mississippi State yesterday. State is one of the, is one of the worst teams uh, against the yeah. pass. They are the bottom 50, guys. That's not a good pass defense. Alabama went in knowing that. Knowing Mississippi State had a decent run game, was like, let's just chuck them all around. That's what they did. They did it with success. You're not going to do that against Auburn. Auburn's secondary is actually yep. good. You're exactly right. And, and you know, Auburn was up 35 nothing on Mississippi State. But all I'm saying is, in college football, you go through a gauntlet of 12 games. And even if you're not playing great teams, it's still hard every week to you play it a tough game. Sometimes the other team you're playing is going to be hot. They're going to want it more. And Auburn's just not good enough at quarterback to to be able to 
play down them like they did Vanderbilt and win, or even Georgia on the road. You get on the road and you have a bad performance, you're going to lose. If Auburn had been in Vanderbilt last week, they probably would have lost. So now all the lessons have been learned for Auburn. You have nothing to lose at all when you go to Tuscaloosa in two weeks, but you have everything to gain. But here's the problem. Auburn beats Alabama in the Iron Bowl. Alabama still goes to the championship. They still go to the playoffs. There's no way to keep them out, is there? Unless they lost to Auburn and they lost to Tennessee. And we all, Tennessee's making the SEC championship game, guys. Let's just deal with it. Florida sucks, and they're always going to suck. And they're going to lose to LSU. And uh, Tennessee's going to be playing Alabama in the SEC championship game. Is that going to be a boring game? Is that going to be something that Alabama needs to watch out for? No. You always hate time, but... And you beat them 49 to 10 the first time. It's not like it was a close game. Like, I would love to beat them, now. though, man. I would love to beat them. Even though they made the playoff, I would love to say, hey, buddy, we beat you. And it is possible. I mean, just like Pittsburgh, nobody thought they had a chance to beat Clemson. Uh, nobody thought that I was going to beat Michigan. Not many people thought USC was going to beat Washington. And I know that hurt your feelings. That, that, uh, that your boys lost. I know that. But uh, but anyway, these, these rankings are coming out Tuesday night. And, uh, you know, I said something to you, Jonathan, about the election. You, know, you don't think that election Tuesday night going into Wednesday had anything to do with maybe the mindset of the team, the energy, uh, the focus, anything like that. You look at that, you don't think that had any impact whatsoever on college football this weekend. I, I really, I really don't, um, because you, you know at that point you're saying, well, half the teams it didn't affect, and the and the teams who lost it did. I think that's a little too uh, conspiracy theory. Like, do I think some of the guys thought about it? Yeah, but I don't think it affected them on game day. Like, you know, and I, I mean, maybe it threw a little flag in uh, in practice on Wednesday, but I mean, these coaches are paid to focus their guys. Like, look, guys, you know, play football. Do what you got to do, and well, let, let, let's move on. I'm trying to figure out what happened this weekend. Either either that happened, or a bunch of bookies went up to all these teams that are in the top and said, look, guys, you can still lose. I need to get rich, and you can get rich. And, I mean, could you imagine betting the money line? Okay, I'm going to bet $1,000 here that Michigan just beat five. I'm going to lose twenty five grand if they don't, but Hey, that's an easy thousand dollars, and then they lose twenty five grand. Because you can bet money lines in Vegas with these twenty point spreads. A lot of bookies local won't do that, of course, because they can't. They can't do that. Uh, no. I mean, they can't cover the, just in case you know you hit. But, but here's the deal, Jonathan. Is is it weird that all of them lost, and all of them are big double digit favorites besides Washington? That's what's so weird about it. What happened? That's what I can't figure out. I can't put my finger on it. Is it well, complacency? Michigan hasn't played nobody, really. They've won a couple of games, like you said. Clemson, they've been flirting with disaster for weeks now. Maybe that's it. Maybe they've been flirting around with disaster too long. I think the pressure got to Washington. I don't think the pressure got to Michigan and Clemson. I think it got to Washington. Well, I mean, I, like you said, Clemson's been flirting with disaster. I mean, you know what's – look. You almost lost to Auburn. You almost lost to Troy. You almost lost to North Carolina State. You almost lost to Florida State. At some point, they were going to lose. 
I mean, you knew it was going to happen, just like Ohio State last year and Florida State the year before. You knew they weren't going to win at all. At some point, they were going to choke one away. That's what happened yesterday. Um, with uh, with Michigan, night game on the road in a wacky place. Weird things happen on the road, especially at night in primetime games. I mean, I, 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 that's the only way I can explain it. You lost on the road. Auburn, you lost on the road against a big rival. Um you know, he, uh, Washington lost at home in a game where I think the pressure got to him. Uh, you know, I, like, I, you know, A&M lost a game at home where they were up by double digits to, and you know what, hats off to Ole Miss for sitting there going, you know what, if we don't pull the red shirt off Patterson, we might as well throw in a white flag. But if we burn his red shirt and let him play now with as good as everybody thinks he's going to be, He's going to be gone in three years anyway. So the redshirt year, we can either play him and get him up to speed quicker, or we can yeah, redshirt him right. and still lose him. Genius. And, like and I'm going to ask you this. That. I'm going to ask you this. Did Hugh Freeze do that to, to kind of not lose his fan base for next year too? I mean, like, I think it builds excitement if you're Ole Miss. And, and I was going to ask you about Auburn. Are they going to pull – I think they're going to burn the redshirt off Woody Barrett because John Franklin can't do it. We've seen that. We're, after 10 games, he's not playing, so he's done. Jeremy Johnson can't do it or hit a plate. Is Auburn going to burn a red shirt of Woody Barrett, the prized possession of, of Gus Malzahn this weekend against Alabama A&M? And if so, Johnson, does he use him in the Iron Bowl? Since Alabama won't have too much film on him, would Auburn be willing to, to jeopardize a freshman on the road in the Iron Bowl? and run his career if he plays that. No, you're not going to – You no, 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 no baptism by fire on this one. You don't have to burn his red shirt, so there's no point to it. If you need a sacrificial lamb, they're throwing Jeremy Johnson or John F. out there. That's what you're doing. Uh, I think Woody Barrett is going to be red-shirted. Um, I think there's a reason why he we haven't be. seen him this year. Um, you know, I mean – all right, let me just add that the ACC took a big hit yesterday with Clemson losing, but they also took a hit with Virginia Tech losing to a rival in a weird game. Uh, they took a North they took a hit when North Carolina lost to Duke, but that, that's a huge rivalry game. Throw the records out, and we know how those games go. Uh, you know, so I mean, you're talking about two top twenty teams, three top twenty teams lost to rivals, uh, one loss on the road, one luck finally caught up to them, and their paycheck to the rest was not cleared, and uh, one team succumbed to the pressure. I mean, that's what wound up happening yesterday. Uh, so I think we all just need to look at that and realize and go, college football is an interesting animal. Whenever they say the week's going to be boring, it's not boring, something wacky's going to happen. They're going to have a good time. Uh, and, you know, 2007, everybody lost. Everybody you know, oh, and here's a weird stat. If you're ranked number 17 this week, be afraid because since week four, everybody ranked number 17 has lost. Every week, some every Florida week, State. week four, number 17 has lost. Florida State. Oh, God, we go to Syracuse this week, who was horrendous against North Carolina State. Oh, my goodness. Um. Here's a well, question, mean, you know, Johnson. How, how's that Washington State not getting any love? They're 20. They're undefeated in the Pac-12 right now, and they just keep rolling. But, yet the posters will not, not give them any love whatsoever. 
Well, when you lose to Eastern Washington, how much love do you think you're going to get? I know, but that was the first game. Eastern Washington's a good football team, first week of the season. Uh, I think that was. But, I mean, they yep. ever since then, they, they've really come off strong. And Eastern Washington is not your normal SES school. Uh, <laughs> but Washington's but, crazy. I mean, they're getting better. Well, no, and they did the same thing last year. But here's my thing. Your two losses are to Eastern Washington and Boise State. We have to look at your losses and go, mm, that's suspect. That is suspect. Yeah. And who have they played? Who has Washington State played? Nobody. Oh, bam. I mean, you look at their conference rec- uh, schedule and you're like, hmm, so you didn't play USC and you didn't play Washington and you didn't play Colorado oh. and you didn't play Utah. And those are your four top teams. Outside of them, so it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I gotta let Jason and I just saw Jason and Quinn in the studio. Hold on just a second. Let's Jason's been on the line. Let's bring him in real quick, and we'll get Quinn. Jason, man, the Oregon Ducks looked good yesterday. Welcome to the show. Yeah, Oregon decided something I'm going to talk about them. Hopefully, we forfeit the next two games. But Washington State does play Colorado <laughs> this week, Jonathan. That's, that's this week. That's oh, yeah, that's this week. I mean, I'm looking at their previous strength of schedule, yeah. not their yeah, current. Yeah. I mean, what remaining, I mean. I'm going to give you the point take, spread of that game, too. Uh, Colorado is a favorite five. Colorado's five, Jason, over Washington State. Oh, yeah. I'll take one big prediction. Michigan won't drop that far in the playoff rankings. Well, well, hell, that's obvious, man. They dropped two places in the AP poll. Well, I, I said that because they lost on the road. I, I think the committee is going to be more forgiving um, with the road loss than versus at home losses, if that made sense. I don't, I don't care if you lose to Iowa and Japan. It shouldn't matter. It's Iowa. You lost. I what about what about I I, I, What about what? How's Clemson? They're home. They give up 50 points to Pittsburgh. Well, that's sort of good. I'm just here to say the committee's not going to change anything, Jason, except they're leaving Washington out and they're putting Ohio State in. That's the only change you're going to see. Yeah. Um, I will say. What else you got? some Goonian, um, um somebody called in last week saying that USC would be Washington. I forgot his name, but um, somebody did say that. So, yeah. Me. I did, didn't I, Jonathan? I did say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, nah, I, I, nah, I, Jason, I hear you, Jason guys. I hear you. Weeks. Jason called that for several weeks now. He, uh, yeah. He, he, he has been called so congratulations. He also said Oregon was going to beat Stanford, too. <laughs> well, <laughs> we just, we just um, discontinued the football program. So, yeah. Oregon is now a basketball school. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that is a bad defense at Oregon right now. But does, does helpers get fired at the end of the year? That's nice. <laughs> That's terrible. Is Helfrich going to get fired? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. 
I'll be sorry. I, I wish I could bring up some play yeah. where, 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 where Jason was talking about Helfrich is the man for the job. He believed in him. He supported him. You're like me, Jason. I'm going to support you until you give me a reason not to. You're like, yeah. I'm not on that Gus Malzahn bus anymore either right now, and I'm pissed. Yeah, and I, you are too. You don't like to, you don't like to see your team losing, do you? Yeah, I, I, I don't like it. Like I said in my video that today, I've been a healthy supporter, but now I, I just can't do it. I can't do it. You, you got four losses that you have. It's not that you get blown out. It's just you don't even get off the bus. And that's not a youth movement. That's not whatever. That's a coaching thing. Okay. And we just made Stanford look like world beaters yesterday. And their offense sucks. How about Donald Trump as coach for Oregon next year? Uh, I don't care who's the coach at Oregon. Better not be Helfrich. It could be you. Jonathan, Jonathan, we haven't even talked about uh, what happened Tuesday night, man. I mean, we're sitting here, you know, we talked about it online, that the media and all these people saying that Trump had a 10% chance to win and it was over. I think here's how the election affected some of these teams. They saw a man with no chance to win win a country, and then all of a sudden they saw, hey, you know, nobody's giving us a chance either. I guarantee you coaches use that in the locker room uh, to motivate their team to play David versus Goliath football, and they won, Jonathan. That's how the election uh, affected college football this week. And I still think it had more than that, but that's a, that's a good example. And I think coaches stay away from politics. Uh, my favorite quote was Willie Taggart. Who'd you vote for? I voted for Willie Taggart because I turned around two programs. I can turn around America. Oh, that's a, that's an egotistical, obnoxious. I was firing for that comment right there. You I thought it said, was a I, great. I, I thought it was a great around. joke. I thought it was you a see great joke. I turned around. Well, what about, what well, about Saban? He didn't even know the election took place. He said. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they asked Urban Meyer, and he's like, "Beat Maryland." Well, who are you voting for? Beat Maryland. But I, all right, we uh, exactly. we get it. Beat Maryland. All right, Urban. I hate people that come into work and they say, "Who'd you vote for?" Well, it's not your business who I voted for. Now go back to your desk. Don't ever ask me who I voted for, unless I tell you who I voted for. You wouldn't be able to guess who I voted for anyway. Nobody would. Jason, Jason I know who you voted for. Oh, Gary I Johnson. didn't have voted. Yeah. yeah, you seem like a Gary Johnson fan to me. Yeah. All right, Jason, man. Take care of yourself and uh, give me a prediction on the Iron Bowl in two weeks. Who's going to win? Um, if. If that, if Auburn hasn't quit on the season, Auburn could win that game. Yeah. Well, they're not gonna quit. They're not gonna quit. Well, they they can't win the SEC. That's my only concern. I know. Yeah. So. Well, they probably wasn't gonna be able to win it anyway. So yeah. I, I mean, they didn't quit last year. I don't. I don't think they'll quit just yet. No, I, I don't. Take care, my friend. Let's bring Quinn on. Quinn, what's going on, buddy? Not much. 
Not much. Auburn lost. You ready to see that's my Ron gone, or are you ready to give him another chance? Um, with the way he turned around the season, I don't, I don't think it would be smart to fire him. Well, I, I forgot to ask Jonathan something. Jonathan, um, in that first half, the play column was totally different than the second half. If you remember watching that game. Is it possible that Death Malvon took over the play calling in the second half? Because that second half looked just like A&M and Clemson all over again. I would hope not. But after really not that great of a showing in the first half, I mean, you came away with seven points. So there's obviously a, uh, a chance of that. But I think, I think Gus and Jimbo share the same disease of micromanagement. And they don't realize that maybe handing it over and really just letting somebody control the offense so they can focus on all the other parts of the team um, is actually better for them. I just think that uh, Auburn's game plan was stupid. I really do. I think it was just dumb. That's why I'm saying, why do you keep a coach that, that can't make any plans better than that? I mean, that's just stupid, exactly, what you just said. And you get paid $5 million a year for stupid? I mean, I don't have time for stupid. And I don't support that team for stupid. Philip Rivers, speaking of stupid, Philip Rivers did another pick driving. What a moron, man. That guy's still in the NFL. He should be, he should be somewhere washing cars. Well, Philip Rivers did throw his 300th touchdown pass today. He tied John Elway for eighth most all time. So, I mean, he's like Sorry. good, stupid, at least. He always did you bet on he's that game? <laughs> Sounds yeah. like Brian did. You seem pretty upset. That's a, that's a, dumb, that's a dumb question, Sam. <laughs> that's a, it's a dumb question, but you know what? Who I wouldn't bet on is, is Auburn. That's who I don't bet on. I'm so glad I didn't. Hey, hey, guys, yeah. Jonathan, how about my big Missouri pick over Vanderbilt? That came to pass. Yeah, I mean Vanderbilt's offense is worse than Missouri's, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I, what am I supposed to say between two teams that ain't going bowling? They they're both. Trash schools. I mean, Vanderbilt shouldn't fire their coach because obviously they got a decent defense. Um, I'd say find an actually good offensive coordinator who can recruit offense because Mason can't do it. Um, and if you're Missouri, you have three wins. Yay! You're no longer winless in the SEC. Yay! I mean, Missouri is going to feel shockwaves from that protest last year for a long time. Yeah. Nebraska last night, I thought Armstrong was good. Nebraska's a little better team than I thought, honestly. I know, I mean, if they're, pretty, if they're healthy, they they look pretty good last night. They beat Minnesota. Oklahoma, Jonathan, are they going to back their way into this stupid playoff? Because all they, they keep winning. They keep firing up points. They can't play defense real good. But everybody keeps losing. And we're going to have to watch Oklahoma play in the playoff again. Please tell me no. Well, um, I have three Big 12 teams that I have ranked 7 to through 12. Because uh, I think there's still 14 teams that, are, that could make the playoff at this point. Um, 
Alabama obviously being a lock. So there's another 13 for the last three spots. And West Virginia, one loss. Uh, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. No. I mean, Oklahoma has West Virginia. I don't Oklahoma think Oklahoma State, State can. I don't well, think Oklahoma State can lost to Central Michigan. It depends on how you treat that loss, obviously. Um, but, I mean, Oklahoma lost to Houston. So, I mean, West Virginia's only lost to Oklahoma State. If West Virginia beats Oklahoma and uh, they beat um, Baylor at the end of the year, which they should at this point because Baylor's just so dinged up, um, I mean, they're going to be a one-loss team that you're going to look at and you're like, hmm, one-loss West Virginia, Big 12 champ, one-loss Washington, Pac-12 champ, let's just humor me, uh, one-loss Louisville, who's going to get in? Because at this point, you know, whoever loses uh, the Ohio State-Michigan game's out. So you're going to look at, you know, three one-loss teams for that four spot of this sort of happening and go, oh, this is an interesting scenario. I mean, I think if Oklahoma has two losses, they need a little more mayhem. And I'm going to tell you this. If Washington, that scenario, just say West Virginia has one loss, the Big 12 champion, they didn't have a conference championship, Louisville's one loss, and Clemson got in, I think Washington gets in. If they win the Pac-12 out and they've got one loss at home to USC, I don't think you can put West Virginia or Louisville in over Washington. I mean, Louisville, what are they doing right now? Uh, playing a bunch of nobody, sandbagging, uh, sandbagging those games so that Lamar Jackson's Heisman numbers are fucked up and they don't cover 35 points spread. Yeah. I thought the Pac-12 was dead, Glenn. Um, once Washington lost, but the problem is I didn't think everybody was going to lose all of a sudden in the same week. So it's almost like that Washington loss may not have even happened. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. I mean, I was just thinking of this. You could have a Penn State-Wisconsin Big Ten championship game. You could have Colorado in Washington playing, who would have thought just a couple of years ago that Colorado would be in the position they're in? Uh, you look at the Big 12, and that's a mess. College football has just gone crazy this year, and it just seems to get crazier as teams recruit better and are getting better talent. Even in the mid-majors, they're getting better talent. So things are really starting to even out. I mean, in years to come, we could see two lost teams maybe getting in the playoffs just because there's there's much more parity in college football nowadays. Yeah, Alabama's the only team that, and we've repeated this, they're the only team that has done it week in and week out. And, you know, they, like Jonathan said, they're a lot. There's no other team that's a lot for the playoffs right now. Because even if Alabama loses to Auburn, they're going. I mean, that's not going to keep them out. SEC champion. But so how much weight does that SEC champion name carry now, Jonathan? Is, uh, like you said, the only ranked team, in the next team besides them is 16 LSU, 18 Auburn, 21 Florida. I don't know how they're even ranked. Uh, 23 A&M. So there's not – if you look at the SEC right now, it just doesn't appear to be that strong. It just doesn't. No, I mean, this, this year college football is a little bizarre world. I mean, our ACC championship 
uh, looks like it's going to be, you know, Clemson, Virginia Tech. And a lot of people didn't know Virginia Tech was going to go bowling this year. Um, your Big 12 champion could be West Virginia. Who saw that coming? Everybody was like, oh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. You know, and you're like, mm, no. Oh, Texas is back. Mm, no. Uh, TCU, mm, no. So you look at the Big 10, just like Clinton said, you could have a Penn State. Um, you, you could have a Penn State-Wisconsin championship game. I mean, Penn State? Really? Uh, you look at the Pac-12, we do have Washington State and Colorado playing for the Pac-12 title. And they're just wacky. The SEC, it's going to be Alabama against probably Tennessee. It, might even, it could be Florida. So you're like, well, this is a strange year now, ain't it? You know, so I, I think that yeah. this is just a wonky uh, – uh, this is a fun year uh, to watch, especially if your team's out of it now. You're just going to sit back and, and hope that the, yeah. uh, the mayhem ensues. I mean, ever since Florida State yeah. lost to Clemson, I've been team chaos. So let everybody lose and let's have some fun. I mean, that's that's, that's well, been well, my philosophy. You know, I assumed Tennessee was going to make it because I, I'm assuming LSU beats Florida, and I think they will. But I'm also assuming that Tennessee beats Vanderbilt, Missouri, and we've seen Tennessee play. They're not the the bulletin. They're not the bulletin board that consistent. Mm-hmm. Oh no! I mean, they let Kentucky back to recover that spread. I mean, you know, the Kentucky put up 36 on Tennessee. I mean, yeah, they put up 49, but, like, Vanderbilt's got a decent defense, and that's a rivalry game where, like, the two schools really don't like each other. Uh, you know, I can't bank the Missouri thing. I think the Missouri-Tennessee game is going to look a lot like the Tennessee-Kentucky game. Uh, but that Vanderbilt game, that's the one where you're like, hmm, could we see something weird? Oh, why not? Let's hope we see something weird. You know, I mean, this is – this is really fun if you're really anybody but Alabama. Um, well, I mean, it's fun for Alabama and really nobody else because everybody else is losing. Oh, in Western Michigan because Western Michigan is not losing. Yeah, I would love to see Auburn beat Alabama and Florida mm-hmm. or Tennessee beat Alabama and the SEC get left out of the whole thing. That would oh, be my, my goodness. Country. What a world. I know. That would be my dream. I would love that. And all these people that, no, I want to pull for Alabama because of the SEC. Get that out of here. Please get that out of here. I do not ever want to see an SEC team win a national championship unless it's offered. And let's be clear on that right now. Ever want to see a team win it besides Auburn. Quinn, are you with me? Yeah, especially Alabama. Alabama's won it enough. I don't think I can stand seeing them win it again, especially back-to-back years. Oh, God, no. Please don't. Please don't. I can't. I can't do it. Saban needs to retire. Yeah, but it would be worse if Ohio State won just because in those groups, Ohio State fans get nuts. No, Jonathan, no. you know how it's like in the. No, I don't want Ohio State or Alabama. Send both or them Michigan, home. Don't even make Michigan the playoffs. Fans. Michigan fans are nuts too. Yeah, I hate, I hate Michigan fans too. I mean, I, I guess if I can, if I can live with a team right now that can win a championship, and I live with it, it would probably be Wisconsin Washington. or. Uh, yeah, I can deal with Washington. But I can't stand Jim Harbaugh, Michigan. I hate Urban Meyer in Ohio State. Nick Saban in Alabama, I'm not saying. 
Dabo Sweeney, I can't stand that guy. And I can't stand mm-hmm. that guy. I've told everybody. Oklahoma, I can't stand Bob Stoops. So, yeah, I'm John Franklin at Penn State. I can't stand him. He's a pro. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's just, I don't know who I'm going to be pulled for. I don't, I don't know who I'm going to pull for, but what do you think that line in the LSU Florida game is, Jonathan? Let's see how good you are tonight. Uh, Florida's at LSU. Florida doesn't have Alex Anzalone, Jared Davis, or Marcus Hayes. They're starting Danny Etling. I think they're starting center. Actually, the top two centers are out now. Uh, I'd go with LSU at eight and a half. LSU at eight and a half. Uh, it's 11. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Hey, here's, here's some good news for Jason Humphrey. Oregon's only 11 and a point half. There, and here's a lock of the year right here. Lock of the year. Utah's only 11 and a half point favorite in Oregon. Where is it at? In Utah. Utah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, Low-key, Oregon's covered one spread this year, guys. One. They've covered uno. <laughs> I mean, and that was the Arizona State game where they were favored by, like, 10, and Arizona State hit that fourth quarter. I was like, no, no, guys, we're done. We don't want to play anymore. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Utah for days. Not lock of the year. Lock of the year was Washington over Oregon. <laughs> That's far I think, as that I think next week, next week's going to be the worst week of college football that we've seen in a long time, guys. Next weekend is so bad that, I mean, it's bad. Where's game day at? I mean, I, it's going to Western Michigan. Yes! <laughs> No, I mean, that, I mean that, that's the only choice because it's so bad. I mean, you got Arkansas, Mississippi State right now. That's a, a barn burner. Uh, you got LSU, Florida, Mississippi, Vanderbilt, Florida State, Syracuse. I mean, well, Notre great. Dame, Virginia Tech. I mean, it's just Michigan, Indiana. I mean, if you don't want to watch college, if you need a break from college football like I do, probably, after all of suck. Uh I think this is a, a good week not to watch it. But at least one good thing for Auburn plays at night against Alabama A&M. And uh, maybe Auburn can get a first down. Well, let's see. You're, you're going to watch Louisville-Houston Thursday night. You know you are. Um, you should probably watch Arkansas-State-Troy that night. Um Washington State's yeah, at Colorado. State I'm going to enjoy that. Aren't you going to enjoy that? I'm going to enjoy that. I'll try to enjoy it. I forgot about the Louisville-Houston game Thursday night. Uh, Houston, Houston is going to get ran out of the building. <laughs> wow. Florida LSU is a 1 o'clock on the SEC network. How far has that rivalry no. fallen in a span of a year? I don't think it is, is it? Who's going to be, who's going to be on yeah. the – at CBS, then? Uh, the CBS is going to be Missouri at Tennessee. Are you kidding me? No, that can't be yeah. that. It has to be LSU yeah. Florida. Nope. LSU Florida is 1 o'clock SEC network. Missouri at Tennessee is a CBS game. Wow, that is awful. How can that happen? Um, well, I don't know. And it's sad because it's like mm-hmm. I love watching the CBS games. 
I'm looking at it. It's showing. Uh, let's see what time. Is it one o'clock. Is that right? One o'clock on the uh, SEC network. There's no way something's wrong. They have CBS. It must not be CBS's turn to uh, pick first. That might be what happened because they picked uh, Georgia and Auburn. They they may have lost out to ESPN or someone else. If Western Michigan gets game day, Buffalo at Western Michigan is on ESPNU. Are they really going to have Herb Street call that game on ESPNU? Herb Street Street doesn't call the games for game day. Well, usually they do. Well, he called the Florida State-Louisville game. That was a noon game. Usually they they get him up there if ESPN has the contract for the game to call him. So that's going to – that's interesting. Um, Virginia Tech's at Notre Dame. Okay. 3.30 on NBC. I'll tune in to listen to Doug Flutie. Indiana's at Michigan. That's usually actually a fun game. Uh, Clemson's at Wake Forest. Who cares? Chattanooga at Alabama's on ESPN2 at 7 o'clock. How bad is your schedule? That's how bad it is. Uh, The SEC did a terrible job. The SEC did a terrible job of – of scheduling this week right here. It's, it's oh, bad. Do you see the ABC game? The 8 o'clock game? Oklahoma, yeah. West Virginia. Oklahoma at West Virginia. You, you know you're going to watch it. Yeah. I always watch college football, man. It's just, when your team loses like mine did, it just takes the, it takes the fun out of it a little bit. So Oklahoma has to go to West Virginia. I wonder what that line is. Let me pull that up real quick and Let's see. I think West Virginia may be a small, slight favorite at home. Let's see. Oklahoma is two and a half favorite over West Virginia. Like I'm taking West Virginia. Watch is Miami NC State. The schedule is yeah. not for. I'm actually depressed looking at this. This is sad. Yeah, guy. I'm taking I'm, I'm taking West Virginia at home against Oklahoma because Oklahoma yeah. can't play any defense whatsoever. And what? And West Virginia is a hard place to play, especially at night. Oh, definitely. You got to be worried about the couch burning on your way out. <laughs> you got to be worried about. You got to be worried about a lot of things in West Virginia. I'm just <laughs> baffled that Chattanooga, Alabama, got ESPN too. That stuns me. I am stunned. Wait, what? I mean. How does Chattanooga and Alabama get ESPN2? Because it's Alabama. You shouldn't be shocked it's Alabama. They're going to... How does Alabama not get a holding three years? That's an SEC note. Oh, my God. Uh, Alabama hasn't received a holding call in three years, Jonathan. There's a reason for it. I mean... Yeah, I mean... Well, what's so this schedule on? looks oh. like the worst of the year. Auburn's on the SEC network. Oh, God, we got to hear Brent uh, Musburger. At least Jesse Palmer is pretty good. I mean, and, and, and they're saying Cameron like Petway is doubtful for the Alabama A&M game. If, if Cam <laughs> Petway sets foot on the field in Alabama A&M, I will personally go down there and tear somebody up. Uh, I don't blame you. 
Well, and it's funny because if you watched any of the Florida State game, which, guys, I'm not used to, like, leading start to finish in a game. That was weird. I'm not used to scoring a touchdown in the first quarter. That was weird. Uh, but Dalvin Cook was 19 yards away from breaking Warren Dunn's record for most rushing yards in a career. And everybody's like, oh, well, you got to let him get it. It's at home. It's senior day, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, why? Why put him back out there when you're up 45 nothing? Why would we do that? No. Why? I'm not, no, I'm not, no. I'll sit him. If you want him to break the record at home that bad, sit him against Syracuse and start him against Florida. Because that, you know, that game's in dope. But, uh, no, don't don't put him back out there when you're up that much. Get our our backups in there and let them play some ball. What's wrong with you? Shut up, Mac Brown. Which, by the way, Mac Brown played at Florida State, if y'all didn't know. That's kind of cool, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm going to pull for Florida to beat uh, LSU this week, and we'll tell you why. Because we need the tiebreaker over LSU when it comes to bowls. So if Florida beats LSU and loses to Florida State and Alabama, and Auburn loses to Alabama, Quinn, um, all of a sudden Auburn's number two in the SEC because of the tiebreaker over LSU, I believe. And... uh wouldn't you like to see Florida beat LSU? And it's possible Arkansas beats LSU. So Arkansas could still lose two more games. What do you mean Arkansas beats LSU? LSU just smoked Arkansas. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about A&M. I'm sorry. I'm at A&M. Oh, no. No, LSU no, 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 no. No, 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 no. The A, Florida, don't ever win. Don't don't, don't ever say that. Again. Uh, <laughs> B, I want LSU to beat Florida and beat A&M's teeth in. Because then they'll hire Coach O, and everything will come full circle. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you actually think you actually think Coach O can win that, can get that job? Honestly, he's going to be the he's going to be the next defensive coordinator at Ole Miss or something. That's what he'll do. Well, he's an offensive line coach, so I don't think he'll ever coach defense. But uh. Well, oh, I'm uh, sorry. I'm sorry. He he he, he ripped his shirt off in the while well, he's head coach of Ole Miss trying to fight the players. So <laughs> I mean, I just don't think he'll ever coach in the SEC again. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, that was a decade ago. I think some some coaches deserve second chances now and then. Um, what he did at USC is an interim can't be ignored. He did a great job with that team. And if you're telling me he takes over LSU and he beats Florida and he beats Arkansas and he beats Ole Miss. And he beats A and M, and the only loss on his schedule is ten nothing to Alabama. Give that man the job. Give that man. I would love to do better. I would love for him to have the job because I don't think he could carry LSU to SEC championship. So I hope he gets the job. I'll be rooting for him to get the job. Me too. Me too. I hope he gets it because I know as long as he's there. I don't know, but that other quarterback, what's his name, that running back, Dice, is that his name? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, a, that kid's a stud. What is he, a sophomore? I believe so. I mean, that's the – see, now Coach O has an advantage at LSU that people don't understand is that he's from Louisiana. So he's going to be able to reach into the hearts of every big-time LSU, every big-time Louisiana recruit. He's going to walk in that house and say, well, you know, you know your boys should stay home. And I'll take care of your boys because, you, you, know, you know, I'm just like y'all. I'm, I'm Louisiana too. I, I know what it means. So I'm going to take care of your boys. So you need to come to LSU. We're going to win football games. You see what we got going on down there? You need to come down there and win some football games. And all the moms and dads are going to go, huh, 
it speaks Cajun too. Nick Saban, do you speak Cajun? Nope. Well, we're going to LSU. <laughs> well, I hope, he, I hope he makes it. I hope he gets it. But I have a fear. I think Dabo Sweeney, and I think these Clemson players know it too. Um, you notice all these Clemson players, and what's rare is, Jonathan, a lot of them already announced they're going to the NFL. You've got Watson, you've got the two receivers, the running back, Gallman. You've got all these guys. Usually they wait until after, especially if you're in a playoff team. Don't you wait to the end of the season to say you're going to the NFL? I think Dabo Sweeney and plus in on some inside information that he's leaving Clemson after this year. What do you think? Well, apparently all those guys made the decision to leave for the draft in June, um, which is very very odd, to be completely odd. honest. Because um, we're talking about you could get hurt, you could play like garbage. You know, I mean, who's to say that your stock doesn't take a dip? I mean, Mike Williams and Deshaun Watson, yeah, barring injury, you knew they were going to be first, second-round picks. But for everybody else, you're kind of like, mm, like Gallman, you know, he's not a first-round pick, guys. He might be a third or fourth, to be completely honest, because this running back class should be stacked. Um, so, like, I'm looking at this, and for them to announce it this week, to, to finally, like, air it out, was just was very strange. I didn't like it. I thought it was poorly timed. I think the whole thing is uh, looks bad. Now, do I think Dabo's going to leave Clemson? No, not, not, a chance, not a snowball's chance in hell. Uh, I think he's very comfortable there. He likes it, he's and the fan base seems to enjoy him. He's going to Texas. <laughs> I don't think, you know, it, are we sure Charlie Strong is going to get fired? I'm pretty sure. Well, why won't they just get Herman then? Uh, so Herman, what's he done? He's going to get embarrassed by Petrino. Nobody's wanting it anymore. That guy's stock went from... I mean, he he fell as fast as Ted Cruz did in the dang primary. <laughs> I told you all this Tom Herman Love was a little early, guys. <laughs> I mean, he's about to finish his second season of being a head coach. He was yeah. an offensive coordinator yeah, at, win, at Ohio State for, what, a year or two? His best win against Florida State in the Chick-fil-A Bowl. And, uh, so I'm just not impressed, really, isn't it? I know, I brought that up. I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, John. I mean, I mean, Tom Herman's resume is I beat Oklahoma and I beat Florida State. Okay. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you who Jimbo's going to. Jimbo's leaving too, by the way. Oh, really now? Yep. Where does Sir Jimbo think he's going? He's going to LSU. All right, well, uh, we're going to hire Willie Taggart from USF, and we'll win more games than uh, than LSU, so have fun. Well, I'm just going to tell you all this. Dabo Sweeney is going to Texas. Jimbo Fisher is going – Jimbo is going to LSU. And then we're going to have Lane Kiffin, probably going to end up at Clemson or somewhere like that. And you're going to start seeing Florida State's going to get uh, Bob, Terry Bowden, Oh, oh no, 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 no. Let me say this. Let me say this. As much as I love Terry, and Auburn did him wrong, Auburn did Terry oh, very he, wrong. He was screwing. He was screwing teenage girls, man. Wait, 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 hold on. Look, look, go back and look at Terry's record. 
you're like, oh, he really wasn't that bad. And then you look at the year where he quit because the athletic director essentially told him, we're going to fire you at the end of the year. So, I mean, you can go ahead yeah, and jump wouldn't. on the sword I now. remember Terry Bowden, Terry Bowden went undefeated. I love that in 93. He goes, mm-hmm. he's 9-0. and o. He's 9-0 and o in, 2000, or in uh, 94, and they tie Georgia, and they lose to Bama, I think. But, I mean, phenomenal coach for two years, right? Didn't he suck, didn't he suck the third year? Didn't he even coach the third year? I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah, because he left in 98. Yeah, he coached a while there, but he, he wasn't that good of a football coach. He wasn't terrible though. I mean, what, what, let's see: eleven and zero, nine one and one, eight and four, eight and four, um, ten and three, and then he starts one and five. And okay, we're, you don't get fired. But why? Because you start one and five. <laughs> well, what, what, you see, there's a problem. One bad year, and you want to kill a man. And that was actually that year was their toughest strength of schedule. <laughs> it was my bad. Their second toughest strength of schedule because '97 uh, was it was the year that they had a ridiculous. I mean, so I'm looking at it like, why did you fire that man? That's rude. I mean, we. I mean, you know, now he's at Akron and he's actually turned that program around from being a bottom theater to being like somewhat okay. So like, I'm, I'm looking at. I wouldn't mind having just, him back because I knew one thing: Terry Bowden could score. I mean, he could he could put points on the board. Yeah, you know, you if know, he I mean, wasn't sixty, I'd be all over him. But you know what? You know why he can't come back to Florida State? Hey, his daddy coached there. All right, so we we're not trying to you know keep growing from the Bowden tree. We already had one Bowden. We're good. B, he bring back Jeff. Jeff was one of the other Bowden kids. Jeff was the offensive coordinator at Florida State after Mark Rick left. Remember when Florida State's offense used to be really, 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 really bad? Yeah, that was Jeff Bowden's offense. Mm-hmm. Like, we were chanting fire Jeff at games years in a row. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he gonna, you don't tell me he's going to bring back Jeff Bowden. I'm going to tell you, no. And you know he is wherever he goes. So, if anybody wants to go ahead and give Terry a job and take on Jeff, you go right on ahead. I don't care if he's special teams coordinator Quarterback, coach, receiver, coach, whatever. No, sir. Don't want it. No, dude. Keep it. No, I just think I just think Dabo's done in Clemson. I just, especially if he doesn't win a championship this year. I just, I mean, it's time to move on. And Rivers just threw another pick right here. Uh, Miami just ran it in for a touchdown with a minute left. Good job, Philip Rivers. You're, <laughs> you're a great quarterback there. With, with the game on the line, who do you want with the ball? The man with the most money on the game, Philip Rivers. <laughs> well, I mean, let me say this. Ever since that Monday night, oh my! Ever since that Monday night game, uh, New England and Buffalo, I decided I'm boycotting the NFL. I'm done. Like that game, the officiating was so bad, and the product on the field was so bad that I'm like, no, I'm done. Oh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not doing. Hey, the Bears are playing the Bucks. You want to watch it? No, I know you're a Bears fan. No, no, I don't know. Nope. Like I had a bunch of family members who were like, "Hey, we're going to the Bears and Bucks game. Are you going to watch?" No, no, no. Why not? Because the NFL is trash. It is garbage. <laughs> here's, the refs are terrible. Here's, uh, 
Colin Kaepernick's trying to lead. He can't vote, but he's trying to beat Arizona. That's pretty bad that he can't vote, but you can beat Arizona in Arizona. Well, Colin Kaepernick I, of, course, right now. of course, my phone lights up. Mike Evans sat during the national anthem to protest Donald Trump's election. And I'm sitting there going, yeah. you know, Mike, you know, I get it. You do things just because you, you like to be a pain in the ass, but Mike, 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 shut up. Stand, if you wouldn't sit down for the whole Black Lives Matter uh, movement, you going to sit down now that Donald J. Trump got elected because you thought Hillary was going to be that much better when she was being called racist, too. I mean, come on. Don't even, Mike. Really, dude? Come on, man. Why are you going to drag attention to a team that, hey, we, we smoked the Bears. I saw I got that score update. So uh, the Bucks finally won a home game in like three years. That um, was embarrassing, that game. <laughs> well, you know, I think all the For NFL me. is embarrassing. So. Yeah, it's not too great this year. Hey, I agree hey, with hey, that. Guys. Hey, hey, guys, I was going to tell Woody Barrett by night. For Auburn, Jonathan and Quinn uh, put a tweet out, and it was at 11:01 on the 13th. What's what's the day, though? Today's the 13th. So 11 o'clock, he he put out a tweet that's in the latest. Then preparation is key. I've been patient enough. Now it's my time. Blessing and fate, number one, and Woody, be we trust. So he puts his tweet out. He took reps today in practice. What does that mean, guy? They're going to jerk a kid's red shirt off of him this early. I just don't understand it. You I don't agree with ability? it. Jeez, I don't agree Jonathan, with it. Jonathan, Jonathan, you got Franklin and Jeremy Johnson, and, and they just left him go the rest of the year. I mean, unless you say Woody Barrett can beat Alabama, he's that good, and he's showing us in practice. Well, if that's the case. Hey, you should have jerked the red shirt off against uh, Georgia, Vanderbilt, right? I mean, that's the way I look at it. I don't know what's going guys. They're not really no, I'm going to predict they do. I think they do. No, don't, don't be stupid, Gus. Don't do it. Don't. But, but he that's is, though. That's the problem. He is. <laughs> Unless you think you're losing the kid after his third year, no matter what, you don't rip a red shirt off somebody. You just don't. And why would you? And why this late? Well, Ole Miss because they're night. desperate. Well, Ole Miss did it because yeah. what were they going to do? Start an offensive lineman at quarterback? Well, no, <laughs> they've got they've got somebody else, man. And they've got they've got another quarterback that came in and took snaps against Auburn at the goal line. He's a a pretty good quarterback. Is he hurt too? No, but they know they're going to lose Shea after uh, after his junior year, most likely. I mean, he's prototypically yeah, an NFL yeah. guy. So, well, and he's going to start next year. That's the bigger thing. That's the bigger thing, though. Shea was going to start next year no matter what. Sean White so played good enough this year to where he deserves to start next year if he's a better no, quarterback. You don't deserve nothing in life. You earn everything. You earn it. Okay. Sean White has earned the right to be the starter until removed otherwise by performance in spring football practice. He's hurt all the time. He's hurt. Well, maybe that's a product of the system. (laughs) Maybe people can get up because receivers can't get open and the offensive line sucks. Sean White wouldn't be getting hurt. There's an idea. 
maybe maybe you're just a racist and you don't want Woody Baird to play. Maybe. He's a Florida kid. <laughs> I'll root for Woody Baird because he's a Florida kid. I mean, he, didn't, he went to West Orange, so it's not like it's a school that I'm I don't James care for. Let Woody Baird play ball. You know, anytime well, I'm a Florida kid, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I know, but hold on. Anytime a Florida kid can go out there and play a ball, I'm okay with that. I mean, you know, I look at some of these kids that are playing, and I'm like, mm. like Artavis Scott, for instance, at Clemson, right? He went to Eastlake. I'm not really rooting for him to succeed a whole bunch because Eastlake was my rival in high school. Like, Artavis, I hope the best for you, but I'm not, you know, saying, hey, go be the best receiver ever because, nah, dude, you went to a rival. Like, you beat us. We're not friends. I want to tell, tell you this, Josh, and I want to tell you this, and this is the only reason we bring Woody Baird in. This is it. This is the only reason. Um, Sean White obviously cannot play against Alabama A&M. We know that. I mean, we're going to win the game whether we put uh, Quinn Thomas at quarterback in that game. Auburn's <laughs> going to win. But if you, if you think and if you watched that game yesterday, you know that Sean White can't beat Alabama. You know John Franklin can't beat Alabama. So, Woody Barrett is, if you think he gives you a shot, because this guy's big, he's about 6'5", I think, 6'4", 6'5", maybe even 6'6". If he gives you a chance to run the football with a healthy Cam Petway and and a carry-on Johnson, and this guy can help you beat Alabama, then they'll do it. Because if they can beat Alabama, that salvaged their season – to be nine and three and to beat Alabama, even though they didn't win the SEC. But I think the reason you do it is because if you put John Franklin a third against Alabama, they may kill him. I mean, and they may be they may kill him. Yeah, he's only 180 pounds. So you bring in a freshman to die. You bring in a freshman to die. You're going to do that. Going Jeremy Johnson, he's six six two four. I agree. I agree. And he's got experience playing against Alabama. And he's, yes, he does. he's been in the system. I'm with you 100%, Jonathan. I'm with you 110%. You, Don't if you bring Woody Baird to play Alabama and he gets beaten down, his confidence is hard to come back from that problem. But at least what if he looks pretty good and he gives you something to build on, gets the fans excited about next year, because Sean White's not going to be the quarterback at Auburn next year. Uh, I just don't see it happening, but I've, I've been wrong many times this year when I've been predicting Sean White, and I predicted to have a good game yesterday, and he throws for five yards. So uh, I don't know what to, what to say about him anymore, except that obviously he's just he's just not healthy right now. He's a good, tough quarterback, but he can't do it all. He can't. He threw some of those passes on the money yesterday, guys, and they got dropped. I mean, in big-time situations, the receivers, like you said, Jonathan, they didn't fight hard enough. They didn't go up for the ball. They didn't try to get their hands on it and secure it. They get it ripped out of their hands or something. They played like a bunch of punks yesterday, and that's not what I'm used to seeing. And that's not Sean White's fault. I, I give Sean White kudos because he's tough enough to play injured in a football game, and he's out there trying to win for his team. I put it on the coaches. I don't put it on him. You know that. Well, yeah, I mean, because your receivers were terrible and you're, you couldn't run the ball because Georgia stacked the box and your coaches couldn't figure out how to – I mean, that's the one nice thing I guess about Jimbo is he's good at 
second half adjustments, and it seems like Auburn regresses um, to to the point where three and out, 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 four and out. No first downs. No drive over eight yards. I mean, no drive over a minute and a half in time possession. Like, yo, that's that's hot garbage. Yeah. There, there is. Yeah. I mean, ugh. If you watched that whole second half yesterday, I think Auburn owes you your money back in time. Whatever you think your time is worth, realistically, is what Auburn owes you for watching yeah. that. Yeah, and I'm gonna send Jay Jacobs. A, I'm gonna send Jay Jacobs a tweet and tell him how much it's worth because that was that was garbage. And Dallas just uh, just went on to. Uh, Take the lead against Pittsburgh. NFL sucks. So, yeah. Cam Newton today. The Carolina Panthers got up 17 to nothing on Kansas City and choked. Cam Newton threw a big <laughs> six. I mean, it's, uh, and that, that was a game I told people if Carolina is going to make the playoffs, they have to beat Kansas City. They lost. Their season's over. I, I shut down Cam Newton the rest of the year from Carolina, and uh, just try to draft well and trade to get some, you know free agency, get some people in. But it's over. And speaking of over, Green Bay four and five twins. They get beat by twenty two points against the Titans. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Green Bay is. I did. Who takes who, who that win, by the way? Who takes that game? I don't know. You did. Yeah, I did, exactly. The whole NFC North is terrible. The winner of the NFC North might have seven or eight wins. Detroit's it, in first place. <laughs> 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 The Falcons lose today to Philly. The Vikings down twenty six to twenty to the Redskins. The Bears. I don't know what happened to them, but the Bears get beat by twenty six points to Tampa Bay. Twenty six. Twenty six points. The Dolphins beat the Chargers. Uh, Dallas is trying to take care of business, but the night's the best game. Seattle and New England, Johnson, and I know you boycotted it because you know those officials aren't going to let Tom Brady lose. No, I mean, if I was going to watch a game today, it was going to be Dallas and Pittsburgh. And I was like, you know, I'm going to cook some food. I, uh, I'm going to cook some food. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to do some homework. I'm, I'm going to do everything but watch football today. And I'm glad I did. It's a nice day. I'm actually looking at the updated standings right now. So here you go, guys. Ah, tell me if you saw this and it coming before the season. Dallas has the one seed in the NFC. The NFC East has four teams above 500. And three of them would be playoff teams. Uh, Atlanta's in first place. Tampa's in second. Detroit's in first place. Green Bay's in third. The Rams are in second place. Uh, Houston has six wins. Tennessee's in second place with five. Baltimore's in first place. Uh, And the AFC West has three teams with seven wins. So, yeah, I mean, this is is terrible. This is terrible. (laughs) Um, oh, and the Packers, the Packers are going to fire their coach. Yeah, I tell you that right now. If Mike McCarthy doesn't get fired this week, I would be stunned. Because last week the after problem? their loss, they were like, hey, we, you're on the hot seat. 
and this week you lose that bad to Tennessee, I think he gets fired. Yeah. Well, well, guys, Pittsburgh is moving the ball down to the 39. We're about to have to get out of here. I've got to run. But, uh, guys, we'll be back Wednesday night for sure to to preview some of these games, Wednesday or Thursday, just depends on what night you guys work for you and everything. But, uh, Jonathan, did you stay up all night and watch the election season night? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you follow my Twitter feed, I was um – I was pretty heavy on it. I love election days. I don't know why. I made a couple predictions. One of them was right. One of them I was off by one. The other one, oh, my goodness, I was wrong. Um, And that's i I'll take that. I actually called a Trump presidency, I want to say around midnight, when CNN and all of them were like, he hasn't won Florida yet. And I'm sitting here going, there's not enough votes for him to catch up. Uh, Georgia, there wasn't enough votes. Uh, Pennsylvania actually won him the election, not Michigan. Everybody keeps saying it was Michigan. It's like, no, no, it wasn't. Uh, Michigan just added to that. Um, Michigan, yeah, hasn't was, been, Michigan hasn't been decided yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly, my point. Like, there you go. Yeah. Uh, it was and Wisconsin I knew, that said that they won it for him because Wisconsin came through and got him over the 270. It was Florida. By the math math I did and how the states fell when they were finalized, it was Pennsylvania. Um, I said that the winner of the election would have to win three out of five states. Those five states were Florida, North Carolina, Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania. Uh, Trump won Florida, Ohio, Pennsylvania. Uh, Florida has elected a president every year since 1992. Oh, nobody's ever won the presidency without Ohio. Uh, So Ohio has actually been the state that I watch the most. As soon as Ohio is decided, I tend to just kind of tune out. Uh, but this year, because it was such a weird and wacky race, I was like, I, I should probably keep in on this. And once he won Pennsylvania after a strong uh, late push in vote counts, um, and, you know, that, that was the, the one that broke the, uh, broke the straw. Uh, if you look at the Why map. Michigan? Well, Why Michigan wait, not yeah, I mean, how long does it take him to count? Well, no, because uh, the results are within uh, half a percentage point, they have to do an automatic recount. Um, so Michigan and New Hampshire, uh, and I want to say there was one other state that I can't remember off the top of my head, had to do an automatic recount. Michigan's got a big population, uh, so they're just recounting everything. If you look at the ele- – if you, people are asking me why the electoral map or the electoral college is still in effect, why isn't it the popular vote? Um and the reason behind that is because if you look at, A, Republicans own the House of Representatives, which should tell you where the country was leaning. Uh, it's a, obviously a Republican-leaning country right now. Uh, B, Dem- the Democrats and how they lose elections is that their majority of their base is in big cities and in pockets. So if you look at the map, They own L.A., they own San Francisco, they own Chicago, they own New York, they own Philly, they own Miami, but they usually don't own the rest of some of those states. Like California actually has a heavy Republican population that's just beat out by L.A. because of the size of it. Same with Illinois, uh, Miami, and Florida. Uh, Because if you look at Florida, I think she won six counties, and there's like 76. Um, So uh, there's probably more than that, but let's just leave it at that. So, uh, you know, that's why the Electoral College uh, comes into effect, guys. And if you look at it, it wasn't Trump made a huge uh, 
swing. Actually, I think he got less votes than Romney and McCain. Uh, it was Clinton had a collapse. He got half the votes Obama did when Obama got first elected. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that should tell you a lot. Right there. Was, it, I mean, yeah, that's exactly it. A lot of, uh, you know, they kept talking about, you know, oh, there were Republicans voting for Clinton and then doing Republican down the rest of the ticket. And you're like, no, guys, that's not how this works. I mean, just because you found a hundred of them doesn't mean that, you know, a million of them did that. You know, a lot of people didn't turn out. Voter turnout was a lot lower than they expected. Uh, Trump did five points better than Romney on the black vote. He did two points better on the Hispanic vote, uh, which a lot of people did not anticipate. Um, you know, I, he won states that Republicans hadn't won uh, since Bush, and that was uh, Ohio and Pennsylvania and Florida. I mean, he, you know, the, there were necessary states to win, and he won them. Uh, you know, and it, it just goes to show for the Democrats, you can't just hurl insults a whole election and call people racist and misogynist and this and that, you can't, you don't win an election on that because mo- more, most of the population will stray away from negativity at the end of the day. And when well, you're calling people, a whole fan, a whole group out with negativity, you're not going to win. And and this is what I've said for a year, and, and I've said it all along, CNN has just put it out, the secret Trump support to help him win. On election yeah. day, people, you know, people people don't tell you what they're thinking or what they're voting. They go in behind closed doors and they do it, and that's exactly what happened. The media cost Hillary's election because they made everybody telling the American people who they voted for, who's going to win. Like, their vote doesn't even matter because it's already in the back. And I think Americans were fed up with that. And And I don't think the email thing had anything to do with it. I just think Twitter, and I've said it too, Twitter helped. Trump win the social win the election. People don't talk about that stuff like that. He's got millions and millions and millions of followers on Twitter and social media, and this is just a bad year for the Democrats because that's put Bernie Sanders in. Had Bernie Sanders been the nominee, or he had won and had a Clinton, I think Bernie Sanders is your new president. No, I, I don't agree with that, and the reason I don't I agree with wrong. that is. But the, the, the problem with Bernie is he has the socialist stigma attached to him and we're a constitutional democracy and enough of the people would have been scared away by just the term socialist because when you say socialist, you think of uh, Russia. You think of, you know, because socialism will ultimately lead to communism. Um, so, you know, usually. Uh, so you're going to think of Venezuela. You're going to think of uh, Cuba. You're going to think of North Korea. You're going to think of China. You're going to think of Russia. And you're like, mm, no, we really, no, no, no. Oh, socialism. Oh, you mean kind of that thing that Hitler tried to do? Yeah, that didn't work out. Um, so, so, you know, that will always so, – socialism is a buzzword that will always scare people. Um, and I hate to do this, but the, the country, for some odd reason, has a hard time electing people who aren't Christian, mainly Protestant. Um, yeah, and that's, that's something – I mean, when JFK was elected and he was a Catholic, that was actually a big thing. And, you know, Bernie Sanders is Jewish, and it's like, there's nothing wrong with um, your religion. I, I don't, you know, you, you know, you can be a Buddhist, you can be whatever, I really don't care. You'd be a decent person. But there's a huge segment of the population that will vote for or against somebody because of their religious beliefs. And I think that, you know, that's also another ding on Bernie. Unfortunately, that's just how the uh, political machine has been working. Uh, the Democratic Party never yeah. really wanted Bernie. They never did. I mean, he didn't. He was an independent yeah. until he wanted to run for president. And, and I'm telling you, when people don't count this in the take this into account, 
Bernie Sanders sold out his supporters by going to going to Hillary like that, and most of those yeah. people, I bet I haven't seen the tally of them. I guarantee you, most Bernie supporters went with Trump. Well, from what I've heard, uh, and we talked about this in uh, my uh, my business speech class or whatever it is, um, we had a conversation. Everybody kind of just spoke about the election rather quickly, and I felt bad because I kind of, like, burned everybody and then let everybody follow me. Uh, but a lot of them were like, well, we didn't vote. I, you know, I, I chose not to vote and, you know, do, you know, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And, and I thought that was very interesting. And then I realized, I bet you a lot of these people would have voted for Bernie. But they couldn't vote for Trump because, you know, he's Republican or this and that. And they couldn't vote for Hillary because Bernie was going up against her. I mean, it, it was... This was an interesting political race. They're going to follow. This is going to be studied for years to come. And all I can say is, look, the media has been wrong the whole time. Trump can't win the primaries. Trump's not really going to, you know, see this out. He's not going to run. For, you know, when it comes time, he's not going to run. Um, he's not going to win the election. So for them to try and tell us now that all these bad things are going to happen, well, you've been wrong the whole time. Why am I to believe you now? So let's get, give Trump a shot. You know, I mean, it, it, the whole thing, you know, when Obama got elected, there were a lot of people in the GOP whining and crying about it. Um, but they still wound up giving him a shot. They didn't throw these giant protests. And now you have a bunch of people protesting the person who got elected president. And that, that blows my mind. Yeah. He was elected. I mean, there's, there's over 50 million people that decided, you know what, I want this guy. I'll oppose the other person. He won the election. Respect the results and hope... Uh, be positive. Don't go into this pessimistically. Think good things are going to come out of uh, out of this election. Um, you know, I, I mean, it, it just baffles me that everybody's willing to kill him. I mean, they're like, oh, look, the stock market crashed. Well, hey, the stock market always tends to take a huge dive the night of elections because people with the money are always afraid of the next uh, next person. And if you notice, the next day the stock market set a record high for the day after the election, and it continued to go up. So, you know, I mean, I, the economy is not in trouble, guys. I mean, let's let's think positively about this. Let's give him a shot. A, he's not in the office till January. Uh, B, he hasn't announced his cabinet yet. I've heard some of the names being mentioned. It doesn't, you know, the names aren't really bothering me. I mean, you know he's going to kind of hard line with some of these people like Newt Gingrich and Rudy Giuliani and, and uh, uh, Governor Christie. But, you know, the, none of these guys really actually bother me. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see where everything goes. And, you know, at the end of the day, what the Democrats need to realize is they didn't put a good candidate up. They put a candidate up there thinking she was going to win automatically because she was a woman. They did at the end of the day. That's the unfortunate reality. Um, we got to really roll. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Jonathan Quinn, thank you all very much for taking the time tonight. Dallas just ran a touchdown in. They came back with a minute left and actually drove the field and scored a touchdown. They're going for two now to go up seven if they can. But Ezekiel Elliott uh, today, 114 yards rushing, 95 receiving for 209 and a couple of touchdowns. This guy could be the rookie. He could be the player, the MVP of the league, Jonathan, Ezekiel Elliott right now. He's done a great job. Have a great job. Yes, guys. Guys, take care. Enjoy. Have a safe week. God bless. God bless you. Bye.